episode of the Cover Zero podcast, the show where I cover the least in the best way possible. I'm your host, Jason Wells. Week 7 is now officially wrapped up. Sad. All I can really say, there is a lot of upsets this week, though. A lot, a lot of upsets, and we will get into every single game. Uh, but yeah, uh, sad, sad Sunday night football game, and we will talk to that because... As much as it was sad to lose that game, people people need to be put in check here because some are putting the Dolphins on fraud watch, which I think is fair. Do I think it's bullshit? Of course I think it's bullshit, and I will tell you why in a bit, because it's going to take us a while to get to that Sunday night game. Um, this episode, though, just me for this episode, Chu was supposed to be on, uh due to work scheduling conflicts. I think he just got an extra shift, got to make that extra money, especially with how expensive everything is nowadays. Completely get it. He will be on the Friday show. Um, Happy he's not on this show because the Tua discourse would have been... It would have been awful. It would have been awful. I mean, I've already got it from him and Tony, and we'll get to that. We'll get to all of the... All of that junk talk at the end of the episode when we get to that Sunday night game. But as always, let's start off with the NFL weekly update because I actually have things to update this week. What a shock. Um, starting off with the trade. The Eagles have traded for uh, Titans all-pro safety Kevin Byard. Uh, going to the Eagles is Kevin Byard going to... The Titans, Titans receive Terrell Edmonds, a fifth-round pick, and a sixth-round pick. Um, Howie Roseman just continues to be one of the best GMs of, I mean, just in the league right now. After, I mean, getting a guy, your secondary has been extremely banged up all season. Now you get an absolute stud in there at safety to play alongside Slay and Bradbury at corners. I think they really like Reed Blankenship, and he's been playing well and hard for them, but now they got that bona fide stud in there to back up that secondary because after that uh, Tyreek play where Tyreek just ran a go, the safety was supposed to bracket the coverage, and he just split the bracket. Um Eagles need some safety help, and they got it. Kevin Byard is a good one. The Titans will miss him dearly. Uh, I mean, Eagles and Titans trade, I mean, just in, I mean, obviously they traded for A.J. Brown uh, last offseason, but right now it's the Eagles have received A.J. Brown and Kevin Byard, and the Titans have received Traylon Burks, Malik Willis, Terrell Edmonds, a fifth-round pick, and a sixth-round pick. Uh, great job, Howie. You pulled it off again. Uh, Titans on the other side. This tells me that the Titans are embracing, finally, a rebuild. They know that they don't have the team to get it done, which is fair. Uh, sucks to lose someone like Bayard, but, I mean, they didn't really get anything back, so I don't really know why they needed to make the trade. But, um... Yeah, I'll be interested to see what the Titans do from here on out. I know that uh, I read a 
tweet from someone saying Vrabel uh, said that Willis and Levis both might get playing time if Tannehill is not good to go. I don't know what the point of playing Tannehill for the rest of the season is. you got these two young quarterbacks. Let's figure it out with them, see if you have anything there. Because you know what Tannehill is going to be doing week in, week out at this point. And I said it last week too, but... Get the young guys in there. See if they can shake anything up. See if they can flash. See if you're willing to stick with one of them for next year instead of potentially moving on. I don't think the Titans will be bad enough to pick one of these early QBs in the coming draft. But uh, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. And we will keep moving on. Uh Saints wide receiver Chris Olave has been arrested for reckless driving. He was going 35 miles per hour over the speed limit. Um, Yeah, I guess having Derek Carr as your QB makes you do crazy things behind the wheel. First rugs, now Olave. Uh, Yeah, not good. Just, again, stupid. You don't, no one ever needs to be going that fucking fast. He complied with everything. I don't think it's going to turn into an actual, like, incident will he get suspended i assume so i hope so because you just you can't be breaking the law and not miss games uh yeah chris olave can't be doing that i don't know why these nfl players just i mean stop driving obscenely fast over the speed limit feels like it's not really that hard of a thing to do but uh they make it seem like a hard thing to do with because there's a lot of guys who do it each and every season and off season. Uh, we will keep going though. Uh, Broncos safety Kareem Jackson has been suspended four games for his hit on Packers rookie tight end Luke Musgrave. Kareem Jackson has just been going headhunting this entire season so far. Uh, I think he's had he's definitely had at least two other hits where he's been ejected from the game for targeting essentially. Uh, I think he's done a couple more times where he hasn't been, but this one was the final straw NFL suspended him four games. Like this is what they're trying to take out of the game is take out these hits of the defenseless, defenseless receiver and headshots. Uh, I know it's a bunch of moving pieces, people moving very fast, but you gotta, there's, there's a big window between the neck and the, above the knees, let's say, where you can hit a guy, and the fact that Jackson is consistently hitting guys to the head, and hitting them hard, ah, he definitely deserves the four games, fuck him, like, that's, like, what a piece of shit move to do, multiple times throughout the season, getting a reputation on him, he's honestly, I mean, he might be this generation's Vontez Perfect, the way he's going at it, ah, yeah, uh, we will keep going. Next note I have up, a little bit of college news, college and draft news. There is a report out there that Caleb Williams wants a piece of the ownership wherever he gets drafted. Uh, insane, absolutely insane. I'll start off with saying this, though, that this grew as a story because of the fake bot. I don't even know if he's a real person, but Dove Kleinman. Uh He's the one who kind of went with it, and obviously he's an aggregate account, so he needs to find it from somewhere. I think he got it from PFF, uh, not PFF, uh, Pro Football Talk? Yeah, got it from, oh, what's that? Got it from that loser Mike Florio, who you know he can't be trusted, but 
Either way, not a good report to have out there, especially when there was reports earlier that whoever's picking first overall, if Caleb Williams doesn't like who's there, he's just going to go back to college. Um, It's just, I... Caleb Williams is getting way too much hype around him right now, I think. I think he is an excellent quarterback. He's an excellent prospect. But people are, oh, he's generational, and oh, he's this. He's just flat out, he's not. He's very good. He has all the tools that you could possibly need. But he has shown multiple times whenever he's played a tough defense in the Pac-12 that he can't do it all. And these are some very, very good USC offenses that he has been a part of. And again, I still think that Caleb Williams is the number one prospect in this draft. He is a home run selection but he's not Andrew Luck. He's not even Trevor Lawrence. I would take both of those guys over him if they were all coming out in the same draft. Caleb Williams, very, very good, but I think that the overhype and the wow plays and the wow throws, we're getting too far away from what actual football is, and you got to make those plays consistently. Pat Mahomes, someone who can do those plays consistently with relative ease. People think that Caleb Williams is the next Pat Mahomes. I guess we'll see. Pat Mahomes wasn't even supposed to be the next Pat Mahomes. So uh, drafting is always a crapshoot regardless. Uh, but you got to stop stop with these, oh, I need a part of ownership if I'm going to get drafted. You're not that special. He is special, but like you're not – he's just not that not that kind of guy. Like to to be demanding that much is insane for a guy who's never played – an NFL snap to be like, no, I am this fucking good. I deserve part of the ownership. Absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. Uh, next note up back to flag football. Cause I reported and reported air quotes, um, that flag football, there's no way that the NFL guys will, or the NFL will allow the guys to play and yada, yada, yada. Uh, turns out the NFL is actually encouraging their guys to play, which is smart because that's how you glow, grow a global brand. Uh, you have them go to the Olympics and you have all of these international viewers watching these NFL guys, probably for a lot of them, probably for the first time and being like, wow, these guys are special. These guys are athletes. I want to follow their NFL team now. And you grow the game that way. Um, however, we will see. It is five years away. The NFL can be saying this to be like, oh, yeah, we want the guys to be there. And then when it comes down to it, be like, yeah, do we really want the missing time off in training camp and potential injury? And um, there's a reason why the NHL guys haven't gone for a while. I mean, the NBA gets a big cut of that deal. Like, the NFL would have to get part of some of the Olympic revenue if they send their guys over, but we know how corrupt the Olympic committee is. Uh, so I guess we'll see. Uh, next note up, uh, season ticket prices are on the rise. So I guess if you're a Miami season ticket holder, uh, they up the prices by nearly a thousand dollars, or for some people, it's a thousand bucks. I've seen, and then I've seen like, oh, they've raised them by like thirty percent for the same tickets these people have been having for years and years and years. And that's obviously what happens when you have a really good team that people want to watch. But 
it's very frustrating as sports were the common man thing, something that everyone can kind of get behind together, root for one thing, doesn't matter what kind of social class you're in, it was all, we're all here to root on these guys, and now sports and going to sporting events, we're get like, if you don't have a substantial amount of money, going to games is just so, so expensive now between the actual tickets, the parking, the drinks, the food. Uh, if you're traveling, you got to get a venue, but that's beside the point. Uh, it just sucks that these high ticket prices are phasing out people and true diehard fans who want to go to the games and want to support their team but can't do it if going to a Dolphins game up in the nosebleeds is going to cost them 150 bucks a ticket. It's insane. Uh, and I guess, I mean, I can talk a little bit about like the hockey world here because the Leafs, the Toronto Maple Leafs, if people don't know, are, I would say, Canada's biggest market, biggest franchise. Uh, I think a lot of Habs fans will argue that, but fuck the Habs. Uh, Toronto, the biggest market in Canada, and... Austin Matthews, one of the star players in the league, scored a hat-trick on opening night. And hat-trick, you throw your hat on the ice and whatever. Um, There's like five hats on the ice. The lower bowl is just filled with rich people who just kind of got tickets through work or another way who aren't really true fans who are just kind of there for work events or a social. And it's just, these aren't the people that should be there just to be like, oh, because I can go there. Let's just go there you should want the most diehard fans at the game and these ticket prices are getting too high. They're phasing out a lot of people from being able to go to games. I know that the Ottawa Senators uh, for this season are, they've, I think there's three sections that there'd be like the ticket prices. This is what they're set at for the year. And it's upper level seats, but it's like, yeah, these are like $25 tickets for, any seat in this section, which is fantastic. More teams should take that initiative to be like, we want true fans at the game, block off some sections for like lower, for lower ticket prices. Just a thought. Uh, We will keep going. Actually, I think that was my last note other than this one. This one is from, I think Eagles beat reporter Bull Wolf. Uh, He asked the question to Jordan Mylod and Landon Dickerson. Uh, if you could Freaky Friday switch bodies with someone for a day, who would it be? Jordan Mailata. Is it past or current teammates? Uh, you could do past. Uh, clears throat, Nick Foles. So, if you don't know, if you don't know the legend of Nick Foles, Big Dick Nick, apparently he has a hammer. Uh, Jordan Mailata just basically confirms this. Landon Dickerson and Mylotta were both laughing after that answer, but just a funny response, funny thing. Uh, shout out to the legend Big Dick Nick. <laughs> uh, let's get into some Week 7 recap talk. Okay, time for the Week 7 recap, and as always, we will start with the game that we just watched on Monday night. uh Vikings 22, Niners 17. Not a lot of people saw this upset coming. Yeah, and I mean, I won't even say that it was really a great game from the Vikings. They put up 22 points, like solid, but 
Kirk on the day, 35, 45, 378 yards, two passing touchdowns, one interception. It was just, I mean, it was the offense was working. It seemed whenever the Niners decided to blitz, uh, the Vikings took advantage with big chunk plays. And that kind of seemed what it was for most of the game. The Niners were stopping them on first and second down. And then there would be a big chunk play on third down to move them down the field, keep the drive going. Uh, yeah, it was a good, all-around good game for the Vikings. We haven't really seen this Vikings team look that solid all season so far. Uh, massive, massive game for the rookie Jordan Addison as well. Seven catches for 123 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, and he, I mean, started the game, that opening drive. Uh, ball goes to him. Uh, Traverius Ward in coverage. Ball's in Addison's hands. Ward's right there. Rips it out. Ward gets the interception. Addison got his payback, though, to end the first half. Kirk throws a bomb down the field. Ward on Addison again. Ward is the one who looks like he has an easy interception. And nope, here comes Jordan Addison. Rips the ball from his hands, and he takes it for a long touchdown score. And that was just kind of the momentum killer for the for the Vikings and for the Niners, the, what was it going into half there? I think that the Niners would have been down, down a touchdown, I think. No, that's not right. I think they, either either way, they were down by points. The Niners scored to end the first half. They were going to get the ball back, start the second half. And then that big play by Addison just kind of took all the life out of that team. Um, awesome for the Vikings. Awesome. And then this also shout out to TJ Hawkinson, 11 catches, 86 yards on the day, winning me my fantasy matchup. Suck it. Moob. Uh, yeah, I think that kind of, that does it for the Vikings. Uh, Vikings now with two wins on the season am i getting that right three wins on the season my mistake vikings you guys are a powerhouse uh but yeah they are looking to shop potentially daniel hunter hunter got another sack uh in the game yesterday i think he leads the league in sacks now very very good player uh Whoever does trade for him potentially will be getting a good one. It'll be interesting to see what he goes for, what what the Vikings get him for. Uh, but yeah, this Brian Flores defense, and I have been saying it, Brian Flores, great defensive coordinator, great defensive mind. Not a very talented uh, defense that he has to work with, but they play hard and they play well every week and they stop this Niners team. Uh, let's let's get on the other side with the Niners. Um not a good game. It looked like they were, they had it, they had it in, looked like they were going to come back and win. And then Brock Purdy, just two awful interceptions to kind of end the game and their game. Uh, wasn't great. Wasn't great. I don't get Steve Wilkes trying to blitz an insane amount. And I guess the reason why they were blitzing was because the Vikings offensive line is actually, Pretty nice. Christian Derisaw, uh, per PFF anyways, out of the 40 reps that he went against Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa only won one of those. Take that for what you will. It is PFF, but uh, 
Christian Derisaw looks like one of the better young left tackles in football right now. Brian O'Neill on the right tackle doing his job too. So I guess they just couldn't generate pressure with four guys, felt the need to blitz, and that's kind of when this Niners team exposes themselves. Because if you don't get there with the blitz, the secondary is not very strong. I've been saying it for years, and it hasn't mattered because the front four usually always gets home, gets pressure in some way, but... Not in this one, not in this one, and that was the big difference maker. Uh, they were letting up splash plays. I don't even think the defense played that bad. They held the Vikings. They stopped them multiple times in the red zone, so the Vikings had to settle for field goals. It could have been a lot worse for for the Niners. Thankfully, it wasn't. Uh, but yeah, Niners on the other side. Christian McCaffrey now has 16 straight games with a touchdown, breaking the record. Uh, he's just absolutely phenomenal. Future Hall of Famer. The guy is just special. He always finds the end zone. He did fumble, though, on the Niners' opening drive where it looked like they were going to go in and at least get some points. But he fumbled, was reaching back for the ball, was about to grab it, and then their big left guard, Aaron Banks, was like, ooh, ball, and decided to dive headfirst at the ball. Knocked it away immediately and gave them the Vikings recovered it because he took the ball essentially away from his teammate. And this is something that bugs me. As I guess that it's not enough of like an issue where it doesn't happen enough in the games where these guys are coached how to scoop up a football properly. But as someone who played rugby and played rugby at a fairly high level, it's something that was taught from like the very beginning is you don't dive head first for the ball. Chances are you will, in rugby, you'll knock it forward, and that's a knock-on. Uh, but in football, like, so, like, what you're, what we were taught is you go and you slide feet first so you can go past the ball and then snag it in kind of as you're going and cradle it into your body. Because if you dive hands first at it, chances are you don't have, especially as an offensive lineman, you don't have good enough hands to grab that ball while you're diving and then cradle it in. Uh, seems like something, a couple, or seems like a lesson that a couple of these guys could definitely use, but that was a big uh, killer in the game. Uh, Brock Purdy, though, now 0-2 in his last two after starting off, what was he, 11-0 in games that he finished? Um, yeah, I think that Brock Purdy, it's starting to not fade away and we're but this is this is who Brock Purdy is. I don't think that he was the guy who went on this magical stretch, some say a Lynn Sanity type run. I think Brock Purdy will be a better quarterback than Jeremy Lynn was as a player. Even though Jeremy Lynn had a long career. Either way, hard to compare. Uh but yeah, Brock Purdy is kind of back-to-back games where he's had some bonehead moments, bonehead plays, where before he was playing near-perfect football. Uh, yeah, like Brock Purdy is still a good good quarterback, but he is not... I mean, the conversations were being had when he was still undefeated, still playing really good football, that, oh, is Brock Purdy like a top-10 quarterback? And the conversations have started... Brock Purdy is just firmly a game manager, which is fine. There's a lot of game managers around the league. You can win with a game manager, but uh, the top 10 conversations are a little much. 
I th- again, I think he's fringe top 10, but putting him in the top 10 is, I think, a little egregious at this point. Again, this could all be a big overreaction, and the rest of the season, Brock Purdy could play how he played for the first 11 games and not the last two, and he is a top 10 quarterback. There's a lot of football left to be played, but I think the, I mean, to put it into Disney and Cinderella terms, but the carriage is turning into a pumpkin, and pumpkins are good. Pumpkins are fine. They're not a carriage. That's not what a pumpkin can't take you home from the ball. But uh, pumpkins are useful. I don't even know where I'm going with this. Uh, Brock Purdy's a pumpkin, apparently. But he's a good pumpkin. He's a game manager type of pumpkin. Uh, I guess we'll keep moving on. Let's go all the way back to Thursday Night Football. Jags. Jags at Saints. Jags 31. Saints 24. Uh, this was a game where the Jags just kind of had control the entire game. I think it was 20, yeah, it was 24 to nine going into the fourth quarter. The Saints rallied back. Uh, it didn't matter though, with a late touchdown there from the Jags to win the game. Trevor Lawrence, pretty good game, uh, 20 for 29, 204 yards, one passing touchdown. He had 59 rushes or 59 yards rushing on the ground. Travis Etienne, another two, two touchdowns on the day. Uh, it would be nice if the Jags, uh, just one one easy games because they're they are they're a very good team they should they are one of these contending teams will be a playoff team they're gonna win this division but it would just be nice if they could decisively win a game and not kind of like a team like the bills who we were talking last week how they kind of play down to their opponent it seems like the jags are constantly playing down or playing up to their opponent whatever level that may be uh I just need to see them see them really kick someone in the teeth to make sure that it's like oh they are a bona fide stud like team and I think that they are but again let's just let's just see more a lot more shit kickings from them really uh my other note from the Jags really is it seems like Christian Kirk even with the addition of Calvin Ridley. Uh, for this season, Christian Kirk is still Trevor Lawrence's guy. They have that connection. Uh, Kirk on the day, six catches for 90 yards, one touchdown. Ridley only one catch for five yards. Again, when you have two guys who are this talented, both should be getting involved way more. But Kirk and Lawrence already have that f- familiarity and the comfortability and that's just clearly Lawrence's guy, and there's nothing wrong with that. Christian Kirk is a very good receiver, uh, but Calvin Ridley still needs to be involved on a greater scale. I thought that this Lawrence, or I thought this Jags passing attack would be much better than it has been, and they've been good, but I'm still waiting for the Jags to take that next step. They're still easily a top 10 team in football, but... We got to see more. We got to see more. Um, Saints on the other side. They should have blown up the team after Drew Brees retired, but no, they decided let's keep kicking the can. 
down down the road. Oh, Andy Dalton's a fine quarterback. Oh, Jameis Winston's a fine quarterback. Oh, now we have Derek Carr. He'll get us back to the playoffs. Keep pushing money back. They have so much dead dead cap space and this is kind of what they get and it's not a bad roster from top to bottom like they have the offensive line they got guys on that offensive line that are pretty good they got good weapons they got pieces on the defense it's just the message has run stale Dennis Allen is not the guy I forget and I've been trying to remember all day who the Saints GM is, and it's literally on the tip of my tongue, but he has to get rid of uh, Mickey Loomis. How could I forget Mickey Loomis? But I think that we're kind of getting to the point where you got to fire Dennis Allen, get rid of this coaching staff. They're done. Get get new voices in there. Start, start shedding these contracts. Start maybe trading some guys, but that's the thing with the way that they've re- restructured this contract. A lot of their valuable players can't get moved because the money is just insane on them. Uh, but yeah, this is what the Saints get for kicking the can down the road so much. You just get a very average mid-football team, and they're just boring to watch. Derek Carr is the check-down king. Uh, what did he have on the day? He had 55 attempts for only 300 yards, a passing touchdown, and an interception. Camara. Had 12 catches for 91 yards, so a little bit better than, you know, whatever is 13 catches for 30 yards he had a couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah, I mean, his longest catch on the day was 21 yards, too, but it's just check down after check down after check down, and it's so boring, and the Saints just stink. They just, they're flat out, they're not, I, I, I say that they stink, they don't stink, they're just not a good team which might be a little bit different than stinking, but not a great team, and we can move on from them because there's not really a lot to talk about. Get into the 1 o'clock games now, the Sunday slate. Browns at Colts. Browns 39, Colts 38. Who expected this one to be that high scoring of a game? Not me, that's for damn sure. Uh... Yeah, I guess let's start with the Browns. Uh, Watson... Started the game, he went one for five with an interception, looked absolutely terrible, and then he left the game with a concussion. And P.J. Walker had to come in, and he went 15 of 32 for 178 yards and one interception. This team is so goddamn lucky that Miles Garrett is on the defense because he is a one-man wrecking crew by himself, and that defense is a great unit by himself. I know that when you look at the box score and you see 38 points, you're like, Oh, wow, yeah, the defense let up. I mean, with P.J. Walker completing less than 50% of his passes for less than 200 yards, he had an interception. Uh, yeah, they, they just weren't... Browns weren't good. Miles Garrett, though, like, what what else can you say from him? He had a blocked kick, jumped right over that line, blocked the kick. He had a fumble on Gardner Minshew that led to a touchdown for them in the end zone. It would have been a safety if it wasn't. Uh, Did he have any sacks on the day? He must have. He had two sacks on the day as well. Very, very, very good defense. Miles Garrett is a freak. This defensive player of the year race is going to come down to the wire. I truly have no idea who is going to win. 
going to be a really good race, but uh, it just, I mean, Browns have a really good roster, but this is kind of what you get when you pay a Predator quarterback the most guaranteed money in the history of the NFL, and he just thought that he could take two years off, come back into the most competitive league in the world, and just shake any rust off and be completely fine. He has not looked anywhere near the same quarterback that he was in Houston, and they are just stuck with him. They cannot move that contract. I don't know who would want to trade for him anyways. They're stuck with him, and as great of a job that Andrew Barry and this front office has done, that is going to be the one blemish for this team, and it'll be the reason why they aren't holding a Lombardi trophy during this, I mean probably next decade, because I don't know when Watson's contract really ends, but the Browns just got to find a quarterback. P.J. Walker is a backup quarterback. I think we all know this, but he is not, he's not great. He's not great. Maybe put DTR back in, but DTR looked awful in his one start. Uh, I guess we'll see. The Browns, I mean, this is what you get. This is what you get. And they are, what, they're third in their division? I think they're five, four and two. So, like, the Browns are a good team. And they, if they had any other quarterback back there, they would be a serious contending team. Unfortunately, they just do not. Uh, Colts, on the other hand, though, Gardner Minshew did have a, well, he had an okay game. He was 15 of 23 uh, for 305 yards. Two passing touchdowns, one interception, but he also had three fumbles. He did have uh, another two rushing touchdowns on the day, though. So, see that, I guess he's kind of making up for it slightly. Not really. Uh, Yeah, the Colts are just, I mean, they're frisky. They'll be around. They're a tough team to play against, but at the end of the day, they're just not one of these better premier teams in the league. Uh and that's fine. I don't think that they really need to be right now. They're at year one of a rebuild, and the roster looks pretty good. Uh, r- rookie wide receiver Josh Downs, five catches for 125 yards, one touchdown on the day. It looks like he is slowly becoming their wide receiver, too, behind Michael Pittman. Uh, he's actually had a quietly... Very good season so far. He has 33 catches on the year for 401 yards and two touchdowns. He is on my fantasy team. He has been solid. Have I started him ever? No. But will he be a potential trade piece? Maybe. I guess we'll see. Uh, Yeah. Let's keep moving on, though. Uh, Going on to the first major upset of the week. Bills 25, Patriots 29. Who the fuck saw this coming? No one, uh, and I guess we'll start it off with shout out to Bill Belichick for getting to the 300 uh, win mark on his coaching career. Uh, I think that puts him. Let me just let me just try to figure this out here because Don Shula is obviously number one with 328. Wins. Uh, is Bill Belichick second though? No, he is not. Bill Belichick is at 300 now. Only the third ever coach to do it. Uh, in front of him is Don Shula at 328 wins, and then George Hallis at 318. 
Uh, absolutely spectacular company for Bill to be a part of. Bill, obviously, one of the greatest coaches ever. Some would say the greatest coach ever, but... Uh, yeah, let's. I guess let's talk about this game and talk about how the Patriots managed to win this one. And a lot of it had to do with Mac Jones. Mac Jones on the day, 25-30, 272, 272 yards, two passing touchdowns. Uh, he looked really good. And, oh, I should have said this as, I was golfing on Sunday for whatever reason. It was fucking miserable. It was wet and cold. I only caught kind of like the last little bit of this game to see the Bills score go up and then to see Mac Jones and the Patriots storm down the field. I mean, started off with that screen pass to uh, Ramondre Stevenson that went 35 yards, and then that was just kind of it. The Bills' defense was on tilt all week. Uh, but this is this is good. This is what the Bills – or this is what the Patriots – need to do uh and then the defense the defense looks like it is despite the injuries that have that they've had their secondary looks like it's kind of getting back on track after losing gonzo they did bring jc jackson back in a trade jack jones is looking like how he did in his rookie season which is really good um yeah not really a ton to say about the patriots they they beat the Bills. That's huge. That's huge for a team that, I mean, I've been saying they have one of the worst offenses in football. The defense is still pretty good, but, like, they're not great. This is this is a big win. Let's see if they can keep it going. They won't because they play the Dolphins next week, and the Dolphins are going to kick the shit out of them. It is what it is. I mean, I was talking with Chu about it today. It's rather that the Dolphins are going to kick the shit out of them or this is going to come down to a final possession game like it does most time against most times against the Patriots. Um, any, any news, any, any things I can really talk about this game? No, I guess let's talk about the Bills. The Bills, I mean, the last two weeks have been, oof, uh, big disaster. Josh Allen, interception on the day, also lost a fumble. They, they just, they're such a one-dimensional offense. As soon as Diggs gets taken away and... Of course, the Patriots knew what the Bills' game plan was, and that was get Diggs the football. And they double-teamed him. They put Jack Jones on him. They put J.C. Jack... Like, he was clamped up. He still had a pretty good day, though. Six catches for 58 yards and a touchdown. But they just lack another true wide receiver. Kincaid, Canadian, kind of, not really. Half Canadian. Uh... Eight catches for 75 yards. He stepped up, and with Dawson Knox missing the next couple weeks, there's no real timetable. I think he has a wrist injury, but uh, I don't know, man. The Bills the Bills need to figure it out on offense. They are a one-dimensional team. I think that going from Brian Dable to Ken Dorsey as the offensive coordinator has been a big step down. Uh, I find it weird with internal hires. They usually don't work out unless the guys have been... I mean, you can see guys like the Diners who they just roll, promote. They always promote from within, and then those guys get poached. But uh, Ken Dorsey might be kind of on the hot seat a little bit as the offensive coordinator because since he's taken over play-calling duties, that offense has not looked the same whatsoever. Um... 
And yeah, the Bills defense is very, very hurt right now with, I mean, obviously Matt Milano and Trey White and Daquan Jones all out for the rest of the season. I think Daquan Jones is out for the rest of the season. But uh, it also doesn't help when you're two premier edge rushers. I think Vaughn Miller had six snaps on the day. I know that they're easing him back in, but like this is a very hurt, banged up, Patriots offensive line who you should have been able to take advantage of and you didn't when Vaughn Miller was only playing six snaps I think Greg Russo I think he's also battling a little bit of an injury what is these fluffs that keep flying I keep seeing in my screen whatever getting distracted ADHD um what was I saying again ADHD brain but uh blah 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 yeah Greg Russo also didn't play the majority of the snaps like that that's big in Floyd and Epinesa are good players, but they're not on the level of these other two guys. And those guys not having or not being allowed to have an impact in this game, probably a big reason why they lost as someone who didn't really watch most of this game. But uh, that just can't happen. Like the Bills have looked like a bad, a bad team the last two weeks. Do I think that things will get sorted? I do, because the Bills should just be better than this, but... I guess we will see. I don't know who the Bills have up next week, if we're being honest. The Bills play. Bills play the Buccaneers. Ooh, Thursday Night Football, too. Again, they should win that game, but I guess we will see, uh, and we will keep moving on. Also, before I move on, big shout-out to Mac Jones, because... A lot, a lot of people have been, oh, Mac Jones stinks, Mac Jones isn't the guy, move on, whatever. Mac Jones is a solid NFL quarterback. Take that for what you will, and I'll say it again, as I've said it every time I've said this, as like a disclaimer for Mac Jones. Mac Jones, good NFL quarterback. Other good NFL quarterbacks. Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, Brock Purdy, Geno Smith. He's that type of guy, which is fine. But Mac Jones is an NFL quarterback, is an NFL starter. Patriots have a lot of cap space for next offseason. Let's try to get him some actual help because Kendrick Bourne is your wide receiver one, is not cutting it. Pop Douglas looks like he's going to be their wide receiver two. He should have been on the field for way, way more. But, I mean, Patriots are always stubborn with their rookies if they don't perform or they... Uh, Turn over the ball, whatever. Uh, let's keep moving on. Next game up, another upset. Raiders 12, Bears 30. Uh, rookie Div 2, Tyson Badgett is now 1-0 in his NFL career. And he actually had like a pretty good game, pretty decent game. Was 21 of 29 for 162 yards, one passing touchdown. Uh, also had three carries for 24 yards on the day. Did, did exactly exactly what they needed him to do. Uh, Bears look fine, and I think that Badgen is looking to play uh, this coming weekend too. Justin Fields is doubtful again. Um, yeah, and I mean, funny story with Tyson Badgen is I guess his dad is a professional arm wrestler, and I guess there was uh, a clip that was circling around that was going, I guess it was, I think it was the Senior Bowl, but it was his dad, Travis, Travis Bajant, Bajant? I forget which one it is. I think it's Bajant, Bajant. Either way, uh, 
going against Tom Pelissero uh, in arm wrestling. And very, very funny clip. If you haven't seen that, I definitely recommend trying to find that. But he's just, he's toying with Tom the entire time. And you can see the Tom, he's struggling so hard. And then he goes to two hands and he goes full body weight. And his dad's just standing there, just stoic, just still talking to the cameras, explaining what's going on, and just boom, easy. Um, but yeah, good, good win for the Bears. Uh, can't ask for really more than that. They forced how many turnovers did they have in this game? They forced three, three turnovers in this game. Uh, two interceptions from. Jalen Johnson, the other one, Tremaine Edmonds, and two from Brian Hoyer, one from Aiden O'Connell. Uh, yeah, I guess let's just kind of talk about the Raiders a little bit. Not much to really talk about, but Brian Hoyer started the game 17 to 32, 129 yards, two interceptions. And then Aiden O'Connell comes in uh, 10 of 13, 75 yards, one pass, passing touchdown, one interception. After the game, Josh McDaniels was asked whether or not. Uh, or why Aiden O'Connell didn't get the start or whatever, and he was basically like, oh, it's not preseason anymore. Fucking, Brian Hoyer is not the answer at quarterback. Like, I know that Aiden O'Connell didn't play well, again, on you for not prepping him the way he's, he was supposed to be prepped going into that first game, but Aiden O'Connell should have been the starter going into this one, and they might have had more of a chance if he was the full-time starter. I like Brian Hoyer, but Brian Hoyer is clearly just a guy to have in the locker room, a smart mentor guy, but let's let's not see him on the field anymore. Let him mentor, let him be in the role that he's supposed to be, which is a mentorship role for this team to help them with any questions that they could have that the coaches or they don't want to ask the coaches or whatever. But my, Josh McDaniels just, he's so stubborn and it's just such a trait with any, Patriots coaching tree or any Belichick coaching tree guy is just unwilling to bend or just Josh McDaniel should get fired after this year. He's such a bad coach. He's such a bad head coach. He's not a leader of men. He's just a big dumb idiot. He's quickly becoming one of my least favorite coaches in the NFL. I mean, I think I've, if I were to rank my bottom three, it would be Mike McCarthy, Josh McDaniels and Brandon Staley. Three guys who shouldn't have jobs this time next year, but that's beside the point. Let's move on from the Raiders. Uh, next game up, another absolute stinker, but didn't see it coming, though. Giants 14, Commander 7. Uh, Tyron Taylor might be a better quarterback than Daniel Jones. I don't think that's really that hot of a take. Um, Tyron on the day, though, 18 for 29, 279 yards, two passing touchdowns. Darren Waller had a great game. Seven catches for 98 yards and a touchdown. Saquon getting involved as much as he can. He had a touchdown on the day, too. Uh, oh, it was a receiving touchdown. I was like, wait, that's three touchdowns. But never mind. Uh, very, very... It uh, wasn't even a long day. I'm just very tired. I need I need a good sleep today. But... Um, what team are dropping out? Oh, the Giants. Like, good good for the Giants. Their defense has looked much, much better the last couple weeks. Seems that they got some of their swagger back that they had uh, 
had in last season. Uh, they sacked Daniel Jones. One, no, they sacked Sam Howell. I'm so bad at mental math. Two, three, five. They sacked Sam Howell six times on the day. Sam Howell is on pace to be the most sacked QB ever. Uh, it's absolutely insane, but good for this Giants defense kind of getting their swagger back. The offense still isn't very good. Their offensive line is so banged up, but uh, step in the right direction for the Giants. They got to win. I don't know who they have coming up on the schedule. They play the Jets. Ew. Um, yeah, I guess let's get to the commander side where... Uh, Oh shit, I didn't I didn't end up putting this in my notes, but uh Jonathan Allen after the game, let me get the full quote here. Uh blah blah blah. I'm fucking tired of this shit. Seven fucking years of the same shit. Um yeah, I don't blame him, and for Commanders fans, Washington football fans, it has been a lot, lot longer than seven years. This has just kind of been the same shit, same product that they've been pumping out year after year after year. This isn't a good Commanders team. They need to, this is another team that just kind of needs to hit the reset button. Ron Rivera, I think that they're just kind of letting him play out this last year, and then he is done. He will be retired. At the end of the year, I think Eric Bieniemy is their head coach in waiting, essentially. But Ron Rivera just looks sleepy on the sidelines. He doesn't look like he should be coaching a football team right now. Uh, I just mentioned that Sam Howell is on pace to be the most sacked quarterback in history. I think the record for most sacks in a season is 76, and that was that David Carr Texans team, Texans expansion team that was just god-awful. And Sam Howell, through seven weeks of the season, has been sacked 40 times. So he is on pace to absolutely smash that record. Um, yeah, and this is like a maybe trade Montez Sweat, Chase Young. Trade one of those edge guys that you haven't paid yet. Let them go somewhere. Let them compete. But it's just... Commanders just aren't, aren't, aren't good. And they're not... They just don't care... Sorry. It's not that they don't care enough, but it's just, again, Josh Allen said, it's been seven years of the same shit. You get tired. You get frustrated when year after year, nothing changes. It's the same old shit. Uh, And yeah, I don't know what's going to change, but I think that the commanders will be trading some pieces before the deadline. I think the deadline's coming up. When's this NFL trade deadline? I want to say that it was on Halloween. I feel like I remember that for some reason. Uh, NFL trade deadline. Bad podcasting. What date is the NFL? Look at me go. It was Halloween. Should have never guessed myself. So that is next Wednesday. I'm expecting to see some moves. I mean, we already saw the first one with Kevin Byer there, but I'm expecting to see some more moves coming up. Um, and we will keep going. Next game up, Falcons 16, Buccaneers 13. The Falcons have taken sole possession of, uh, the NFC South division, divisional race right now. Uh, and it was a struggle. It was a struggle. This was a game where, I mean, just kind of look at the 
stats here. Uh, Falcons had 400 total yards. The Bucks had 329. Actually, time of possession was relatively close, but uh, yeah. Falcons, I mean, they made it harder than they should have, and when I say that the Falcons made it harder, it was Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter, though, no interceptions on the day. However, he did have three fumbles where he lost all of them, and two of them were in the red zone. So this could have been a much, much easier Falcons win, but no, Desmond Ritter has to make it harder and more complicated for literally everybody. Uh... Kyle Pitts, uh, he's getting more and more involved each and every week. He had some insane grabs, one-handed grabs, where Ritter threw it behind him. He snagged behind him one-handed in stride still and just kept going. I can't believe he caught that. That was a really nice play. But, um, yeah, really the story coming out of this one was Bijan Robinson not really playing at all. He only had one carry for three yards on the day. No catches. Um, it was funny because someone reported some fake NFL trying to be an NFL reporter guy tweeted out, uh, I'm hearing reports that Bijan Robinson was suspended by the team prior to today's game. The reason? A source with the team tells me that Bijan was using an e-cigarette during film this week, and when Arthur Smith told him to put it away, he blew smoke in his face. That's obviously not true. That is a bold-faced lie. Uh, Bijan, after the game, said that he was having headaches, migraine more more than likely, uh, where he just he was just in so much pain where he couldn't focus, couldn't do anything, and which, fair. Uh, the NFL is kind of looking into it to be like, why didn't you put him on the injury report? Because it could have just been like a game day thing where he woke up and had a migraine and just couldn't shake it. Uh but yeah, without giving Bijan Robinson or without Bijan playing, essentially, the Falcons still won this game. I think in a rematch. I think this is the Falcons division to lose after seeing this game and seeing that they could have scored more points. I mean, the Panthers are just not a good team, and the Saints are just Saints are the Saints. It is what it is. Uh Bucks, on the other hand, it's just yeah, the Bucks also just aren't a very good team. Shout out to them. They're They've been fun. They've been better than I expected. But again, just a mid-team. They're an NFC South team. They're just not very good. Uh, but yeah, I don't think I really have much else to talk about in this matchup, so we will keep going. Uh, another game where it wasn't really an upset, but I did not see it coming whatsoever. Lions 6, Ravens 38. This is the game that I have been waiting for for the Ravens, kind of like the Jags, where I've been saying, like, let's see it. You've been beating these teams, but you haven't had that, like, one team where you've just, like, kicked their teeth in, where you clearly won the game, no problem. Ravens did it this week. Lamar looking back to his MVP self. Crazy game from him. Uh, definitely the best performance so far. Uh, on the season. It's 21 for 27, 357 passing yards, three passing touchdowns. Also had nine carries for 36 yards and another touchdown, four total uh, touchdowns for him on the game. Yeah, the Ravens just absolutely kicked the shit out of them. Their defense played well. Their defense looks like it's kind of rounding into form after a lot of early injuries to start the year. 
They had five sacks on the day, and this is, again, a very good Lions offensive line, but Lions couldn't get anything going in this game. Was all Ravens, was all Ravens from the start. Uh, yeah, I don't even think... I don't have much to talk about, but this, again, we this is a good adjustment game for the Lions to be like, okay, we had a bunch of hype, we were feeling ourselves, we were like, yeah, I mean, I even said it last week, where it's like, hey, the Lions, for the first time in a while, are considered a top three team in the NFL, they're definitely not anymore, but uh, Lions are still a very good team, don't, don't get that twisted, but... Sometimes teams need a game like this where just nothing goes right for them. They just lose badly to be like, okay, back on track. We're not as good as we thought they were. Uh, I don't know who the Lions play next week, but I think the Lions are going to kick the... Oh, oh, they have the Raiders on Monday Night Football. Let me just look ahead right now, even though this is more of a Friday show thing, to see what that line is set at right now. It's only Lions eight minus eight and a half. That might be a hammer the Lions. The Raiders stink. The Lions are going to be pissed off and angry that they got flat out embarrassed. Uh, yeah, uh, let's keep going, though. Cardinals 10, Seahawks 20. Uh, fairly easy game for the Seahawks to actually... I say that the Seahawks, the Seahawks offense sh- should be better. They were without DK Metcalf in this one and without DK, uh, there are two rookies. And I say two rookies because Jackson Smith and Jigba, four catches for 63 yards, one touchdown on the day. And Jake Bobo, four catches, 61 yards and one touchdown. Jake Bobo back to back, back to back weeks with touchdowns, uh, Kenneth Walker, 26 carries for 105 yards, four TDs. Ah, uh, but should they be scoring more than 20 on the Cardinals? Absolutely, absolutely. Again, it should be better. I do expect more from this uh, Seahawks offense. However, the defense, after also kind of being banged up to start the year, they look like they are back in full force, and... Devon Witherspoon, their rookie first-round pick, is looking like an absolute stud. Him and Tariq Woolen are going to form one of the best corner tandems in the league. Witherspoon is an absolute weapon. He is physical. They use him all over the field. He has taken people's heads off. I don't know who he hit on the Cardinals. I think it might have been Michael Wilson, but that was one of like the hardest hits I have seen in a while. I mean, since the Jabril Peppers hit from last week, I guess, but... Witherspoon absolutely clocked him. It looks like the Seahawks have a really, really good cornerback tandem for the future. Uh, The offense just needs to pick it up a little bit. Um, Cardinals on the other side, though. uh, I don't know. Like, what is... There's not really a lot to talk about. They're great at covering first-half spreads. They're just not a good team. They're waiting for Kyler Murray to get back to see what he will eventually look like there. But, uh, yeah, Cardinals after. I mean, they got that big win against the Cowboys, but Cardinals are just flat out not a good team. Second worst record in the league right now. 
I did bet them to have the worst record in the league, so I'm hoping the Panthers pick it up a little bit after their bye week this past week. I guess we shall see. Uh, not really a lot of the Cardinals, though, and I think that's fine. Uh, next game up, Steelers 24, Rams 17. Uh, a game that the Steelers probably... Actually, no, they, they definitely should have won that game, but... Uh, was a big game from George Pickens. They got Deontay Johnson back finally too. Uh, so they both had their two number one receivers out there playing. Pickens, five catches for 107 yards. Deontay, five catches for 79 yards. Pickett had a fairly good game for Kenny Pickett standards. 17 of 25, 230 yards. No passing touchdowns, no interceptions. One rushing touchdown for him too. What a What a weird... Here's, here's Kenny Pickett's uh, rushing stat line. Eight carries for zero yards, longest of two, one rushing touchdown. Uh, but yeah, this is kind of the Kenny Pickett that this team needs. They need a game manager who's not going to fuck up. And we got the good version of Kenny Pickett today, but we've seen a lot of the times the bad version of him. But unfortunately, the good version showed up and the defense did its job like it normally does. Defense constantly wins games for them. Uh was a relatively quiet day for the defense sack-wise, but uh, defensive player of the year, one of the front runners, anyways, TJ Watt with an interception on the day. Huge for them. And yeah, this game kind of came down to a weird play where it was fourth and one. Um, fourth and one, Steelers went for it. They were clearly short. Uh, Awful spot by the refs, and the refs, I mean, just, refs are terrible. The refs have been awful this season, just across the board. Not even talking about, we'll get to that Sunday night game, don't you worry. But, uh, yeah, terrible spot by the refs, and Sean McVay didn't have any timeouts left, so he could not challenge the spot, which would have been overturned, but if they would have ruled it, shh. It's some weird, weird rule that the booth could have challenged if there was, if it was in this situation, but they couldn't because it was in this other situation. I don't know the specifics, but uh, Rams couldn't challenge, so the Rams lost the game. Again, it would have been asking a lot for the Rams to drive down the whole field to score a touchdown. Hadn't really been moving it that well all game, but weird way to end the game because they were clearly did not get that first down. Uh, really, Royce Freeman. Good for Royce Freeman for having having a comeback here. Uh, but yeah, after a quiet game from Puka Nakua last week, uh, he was their leading man. Eight catches, 154 yards on the day. Meanwhile, quiet day from Cooper Cup. Two for 29. Uh, yeah, the Rams are just like a fine, a fine team. Simple as that. Steelers were better. Steelers' defense is very, very good, and that was the big difference in this one. Uh, we will keep going. Next game up, Packers 17, Broncos 19. Good on the Broncos for winning this one. Uh, didn't watch much of this game. I think that that is very fair of me to say. Uh the defense has looked better for the Broncos. Uh, 
over the last couple weeks. But honestly, I I don't even know what I'm going to talk about for the Broncos on this time. The Broncos are just the Broncos. They're not very good. They have better weapons and better. They have a better roster than definitely a better roster. Actually, I don't know. The Packers do have a pretty good roster, but Packers QB play has been not very good. Jordan Love, 21-31 on the day, 180 yards, two passing touchdowns, one interception. Uh, I Yeah, they're just not... These were two smelly, smelly teams, and it came down to the wire of who was going to... Who was going to win this one? Broncos come out on top. Uh, yeah, this just isn't a very good game. Have I missed anything? That, any notes or anything? Oh, uh, in the Seahawks game there, uh, Yuchenna Nwosu is out for the year with a pec injury. Should have added that. But Packers-Broncos, really, who cares? Uh, Jordan Love does not look like he's the QB of the future for the Packers. Uh there was a weird stat in this game, though, where Packers had ten different play or ten different players all catch the ball. None of them had over thirty-five yards on the day. Guys catching the ball. Let's see if I can name them all: AJ Dillon, Romeo Dobbs, Luke Musgrave, Christian Watson, Aaron Jones, Jane Reed. I don't know who this is. Dontavian Wicks, uh, Samari Toure, and. Ben Sims were the pass catchers on the day. Again, none of them totaling more than 35 yards for them. But yeah, this is like, again, we were saying like, oh, it's a young, uh, it's a young skill group for the Packers. And no one's really separated themselves as being kind of one of those number one guys. Christian Watson has been hurt a ton. Uh, He flashes, but I don't know if he's a true wide receiver one. Dobbs is like a fine NFL player, but I don't think that he's anything spectacular. Uh, Yeah, let's just move on from this game. Next game up, Chargers 17, Chiefs 31. Uh, This game was on pace for the over, like, what did they need? They needed, I think the over was set at 48 and a half. And the game finished with a total of, let me do quick math, because I'm bad at math. Finished at 48. There was 41 points scored in the first half, only seven in the second half. Uh, Huge, huge passing game for Pat Mahomes. 32 of 42, 424 yards, four passing touchdowns, one interception on the day. Uh... And Travis Kelsey also had a massive performance. 12 catches, 179 yards, one passing touchdown. And he needed to have that big performance because his boo, Taylor Swift, was in the building again. There was a lot of like speculation where it's like, oh, are they actually dating or is this kind of thing? They're actually dating. This is like they're in a relationship. Uh, she has her own handshakes with Pat Mahomes' wife, Brittany. Uh there was a clip of her also where Travis got like hit hard. He was kind of like lying down on the field and she looked genuinely concerned. Uh, like, so good for them. I'm happy that they're happy. Uh, let's get back to football though. Chiefs just absolutely rolled in this one. Chargers defense could do nothing to stop it. Brandon Staley defensive coach has very good defensive players on that team. The unit just flat out sucks. Um, 
And Justin Herbert, back-to-back bad performances from him. 17 of 30, 259 yards, one passing touchdown, two interceptions. Um, Yeah. Chargers need to figure their shit out. Chargers. This could also just kind of be a blow-up. I mean, if especially if they don't make playoffs, this is going to be a blow-up the team, move on from some contracts, reassess, like... Guy like Austin Eckler, get him off the books. Uh, guy like Khalil Mack, get him off the books, potentially. They got some moves to make. Again, it, it will be a long season, but Chargers uh, do, do not look like the team that they should be. Uh, and if this continues, I don't know why Brandon Staley would keep his job for the rest of the year. He might be the first coach fired. I might try to find odds on that to see if I can find on odds on who 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 the first coach being fired was because Brandon Staley with all of the expectations that he has had especially going into this year and for them to be what they're two and two and four right now again lots of football left to be played but this does not look good for the Chargers whatsoever I thought I had another note or something to talk about in this game. Oh, I do. Uh, Nick Bolden, Chiefs linebacker. He looks like he's going to be out for a couple months. Uh, That's a big loss for them, but uh, we will see. Oh, and last note for the Chargers. Uh, Quinn Johnson, just bad, flat-out bad pick, and a lot of us knew it at the time, where it's why are they picking Quinn Johnson and not one of these other more dynamic players where Quentin Johnson is very, very raw as a prospect, uh, needs to get kind of scheme touches to get going, and they're not doing that for him. But, like, Zay Flowers is having a really good year. We just saw Jordan Addison absolutely go off on Monday Night Football. Uh, I always forget the other... Jackson Smith and Jigba had a very good game. I think he had his first touchdown... Uh, of the season this past week. A guy like Josh Downs has been very good. Pop Douglas has been better than Quinn Johnson. Just completely, completely whiffed. Tom Telesco also needs to go. He can't go through what? I think he's, I think he's been part of the last two coaching changes for the Chargers. Maybe it's time to look at the front office. Move on from him. Uh, yeah. And finally, last game up, Eagles 31, Dolphins 17. Um, not not great. Not a great performance from the Dolphins, and we will get to the Dolphins, though. Uh, let's start off with the Eagles, though. Eagles, they look solid. They look solid uh, going against the brotherly shove is very, very fucking annoying because if they get it third and one, third and short, or fourth and one, fourth and short, it's just, it's automatic. They cannot stop them. Other teams have tried to replicate it, and people are complaining, oh, you got to ban it, take that play out of football, it's not fair. No other teams can do that. Only the Eagles have had the amount of success that they have had. Let them do it. Other teams need to try to stop it. It is what it is. Uh... A.J. Brown had a monster game, uh, 10 catches for 137 yards, one touchdown. Uh, and it's, again, it's one of those things where it's like, 
I'm trying to find a like, oh wow, like this this Eagles team played really well. It's they played really well, they scored thirty one points, but it's also like it's not all there. It's not all there, and it looks like and they put up thirty one and it could have been worse for the Dolphins. It could have been uh Eagles are still a very good team now that they're they fixed that hole in their secondary with Kevin Byard. They should be rolling the rest of their season. Their front seven is spectacular. Their offensive line is really good, but our defensive line did pretty good. Lane Johnson gave up the first sack since 2020, I believe, to Jalen Phillips. Uh, yeah, Eagles Eagles are a very good team. I think it's easy to say. Uh, okay, let's talk about the Dolphins here a little bit, though. Um Listen, the whole the whole fraud stuff where, oh, you've only beat up on bad teams and the two good teams that you've played against, uh, you've got, like, killed by... We got killed by the Bills, I will say that. I'm not going to say that we got killed by this Eagles team. Did we lose by 14? We did. Uh, did we have a touchdown catch by Tyree Kill that got called back from Leon Eichenberg being an absolute terrorist on the field. We did the Tyree kill also drop a touchdown pass or a would be touchdown pass. He did. Uh, were the penalties were the refs completely on the Eagle side. And I'm not one to complain about refs, but when the penalties are 10 against one and there was just so many, so many misses after the game, like, and I'm not going to say it, but, you know, missing a face mask, uh, face mask call on that comeback route to Cedric Wilson, which should have put us in first down to give us a chance to score, uh, the missed tackle on, on Mostert, on Tua's INT by Zach Cunningham, or INT by Darius Slay, the tackle was on Zach Cunningham, where, yeah, Tua shouldn't have thrown that ball, but Mostert was trying to make his way back to that. Zach Cunningham just tackled him, so Mostert couldn't even make a play on the ball to potentially stop Darius Slay from grabbing that. Uh, that was missed. I know that uh, the Mike McDaniel had some words after about the officiating to be like, I don't know, they put in a formal complaint to the league about it. Uh, yeah, again, things needed to be better, but I'm not unhappy with that performance, I guess you should say. And again, we're going to say, I'm not saying it, but there's more ex- more excuses. We missed the entire left side of our offensive line. Uh, Isaiah Wynn left with an injury. Liam Eikenberg was starting at center. He fucking stinks. He just needs to not play football. Uh, Kendall Lamb was out there at left tackle. He was fine, though. Uh we're missing the left side of our offensive line. We're missing our still our top two cornerbacks because Jalen Ramsey still is not back. Uh, Javon Holland and David Long both left the game partially. Jalen Waddle didn't play the full game because he was dealing with a back issue. We were banged up. Like this was not our game. Was not our game from the start. We were playing. We were in comeback mode the entire time. It was tied up at one point. I'm okay with this. Honestly, if we're being completely honest, I'm whatever the Dolphins do before Jalen Ramsey gets back is irrelevant to me. Right now, we are five and two, winning the division, second best record in the AFC. 
what's there to complain about right now? People will be like, oh, you're frauds. You haven't beat anybody real. We don't control the schedule. I don't think these losses to the Bills and the Eagles are as bad as people make it out to be. Uh, simple as that. Like, I think we're in this game more than people give us credit for. I give a lot of credit to our offensive line for holding up fairly well against this very, very good Eagles front seven. Um, yeah, I... What else is there to really to really say? Oh, the whole... Yeah. People people clowning Tua for that drive. I, I think I figured out my take with Tua. People... The way that people treat Tua and talk about his arm and, oh, noodle arm and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he doesn't have a fucking cannon of an arm, but we can see guys who have a cannon who it means absolutely nothing because who cares if you can throw a ball 70 yards down the field if you can't be accurate with it. Um, but, like, the way the media and how the general public views Tua is Brock Purdy, which is fine. I don't think that that's... If that's not a knock on Brock Purdy, but I just think that Tua does everything that Brock Purdy does on an elevated level. I do think he is much, much better quarterback than Brock Purdy. Um, Tua, Tua is very good. Tua is very good, and it's just it's. I'm getting tired, man. I'm just getting tired of the constant shit talking from people who don't watch football. Being like, oh, Tua fucking sucks. No, he doesn't. If Tua wasn't the quarterback of this team, we would we would be so much worse. It would be night and day difference. Um, yeah, I mean, bounce back win coming up against the Patriots this week, but was not was not a good game to end my Sunday being wet and miserable from playing golf and then coming back and then seeing that performance on Sunday. Our defense has been playing better. Our front seven has been better. Our pass rush has been getting home. But again, until Jalen Ramsey is back, is starting, I don't care. When Jalen Ramsey comes back, boom, that's our team. Our defense is back because we're still missing Jalen Ramsey, Teron Armstead, Devon A-Chain. We're missing three very, very good pieces of this team. They should all be back against that Raiders team in Week 11. There's talk that Ramsey might even be back for uh, the Patriots game this coming week. I hope that they don't push him back for that game, but I hope that he makes the trip to Germany and he does play against the Chiefs because that will be a big, big help. Uh, yeah. Dolphins are still a good team. They might be somewhat fraudulent based off who they've played and who they've lost to, but they are still easily a top 10 team in football. Based off my power rankings, they're still a top 5 team in football. Uh, lots of football left to be played to prove that they are not a fraudulent team, and they will prove that. Uh, but we will end it here. If you have liked this, please like, share, retweet, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And until next time, peace.